Welcome to Hey Joe, a podcast answering questions asked by our listeners. Created by pet professionals for pet professionals. And now, your host, Hey Joe's very own, Joe Zuccarello. What's up, everyone? Joe Zuccarello here, and welcome to Hey Joe, a podcast brought to you by Paragon School of Pet Grooming. Check out our site at paragonpetschool.com for lots of really cool information on a variety of programs, products, and to connect to educational resources such as webinars, podcasts, current events, special news, certifications, and lots of other helpful information to help you grow yourself, your team, and of course your business. Let's get started with this week's episode. Hello again, everyone. This is Joe Zuccarello, your host of the Hey Joe podcast. This is a podcast where you get to eavesdrop on a real coaching call between myself and a subject matter expert uh, in our industry. We're answering questions all the time that we get from the Hey Joe listener audience. A lot of those questions come to us via our email address, which is heyjoequestions at paragonpetschool.com. So are you prepared for the unexpected? Uh, Most days kind of just kind of click along. Sometimes we're just trying to get through a busy day or sometimes we're dealing with issues such as client challenges, uh, weather, uh, equipment failures even, or even what I like to call just a bad case of the Mondays. Uh, Sometimes we're looking ahead and we're, 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 we're trying to figure out how do we grow our business or grow our team and then sometimes we're just caught off guard. Maybe we're caught off guard by an injury to a person on our team, ourselves, maybe even a pet. Well, luckily this problem doesn't happen very often. But do you know what to do when it happens? Since we're not faced with this every day, there's probably a good chance that we may not even be on our game or may even freeze up and forget to to do what we're supposed to do when that time happens. One of the very best ways to prepare for this is to train for it and to study and to know what you're supposed to do and maybe even practice it, kind of like what you did when you were in school and that fire alarm happened. So today we're talking with Tom from Pet Tech, CPR and first aid care for pets. He's going to provide us with some really great information that you need to start your skills training or even to refresh the skills that you might have already acquired at some point in your career. Be sure to stick around to the end of the podcast to hear about something really cool that Tom is going to offer our Hey Joe podcast listeners exclusively for your enrollment in any of the pet tech programs. And you can always go to Paragon Pet School to learn more about pet tech, about Paragon's education programs and grooming, or any of our other episodes uh, on the Hey Joe podcast. So Tom and I are going to be talking about pet first aid and CPR. And this is, again, a question that came directly from the Hey Joe listener audience out there. This question came via email, by the way, of our email address. Again, if you want your question submitted for a future Hey Joe podcast, please send your question to heyjoequestions at paragonpetschool.com. Let's get started with today's episode. Hey there, everyone. This is Joe Zuccarello, your host of the Hey Joe podcast, and I am joined today by Tom. And Tom is, uh, 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 when it comes to pet safety and first aid and CPR, Tom and his group and his team members over at Pet Tech are uh, certainly uh, leaders of the pack, if you would. And so Tom is going to spend some time with us today to just kind of maybe tell you some things that maybe you did know, maybe some things you didn't know, uh, but to certainly give you some some information that you'll find beneficial. Tom, I did a, 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 a I did a quick intro of you, but you know, I always say in my podcast that nobody does a better job of introducing themselves and telling the, t- telling us our their story than my guest. So, uh, Tom, thanks for joining us today. I appreciate you jumping on the podcast. 
Oh, I'm so happy to be here because anytime we can reach out to pet parents and pet care professionals with our message, which really is about the bottom line is about improving the quality of pets' lives, especially in the medical emergency. But coming back to, to me, I originally trained with the Michigan State Police in underwater recovery, and which means we used to cut holes in that go down and recover dead bodies. Um, it was much too late for first aid or second aid or not even Kool-Aid, but more like hot chocolate because it's pretty cold when you get out of the ice there. And then, you know, I... Fast forward a few too many years and not enough beers, as I like to say. Um, I was affiliate faculty at the Cardiac Training Center at Sharp Grossmont Hospital. And it was a great practice there in the human world. And it, it's, it's great because I was teaching for the city of San Diego through the hospital. And one day in 1994, this guy in my class says, um, Tom, this is a great class, but how would I do this to my dog? And that was the entire genesis of Pet Tech. It was a power of one question that changed the trajectory or changed the, our lives uh, and the lives of actually now deca thousands of pet parents and pets themselves. So you were, so in, in those early days, so, so you were kind of called to uh, emergency services. What, what kind of inspired you to get into to emergency services in general? Okay, that's, I just got goosebumps because I always like telling the peanut butter and chocolate story because that's really what it is. That's, that's my story is I've always had a passion for emergency medicine. And of course I've always loved pets, but who would think to put them together other than the universe serving me And the universe served me by asking me that question along that way. So it was just bringing those two together, which, you know, we were the first ones to be doing this. Uh, we started it before the Red Cross and, and we have been, as you said, leading the pack ever since with, you know, new information and new ways that we can reach out to pet parents and pet care professionals. So, when, when you talk about, I, I really love, uh, like you said, how the universe serves you. I like how you had a conversation. It seemed to be kind of off the cuff and in, in, in an interaction with another person. He's like, listen, what about if, what if, my, what if my pet's struggling? What if something's wrong there? And, and you, you have made it now your mission. You've made it your, uh, your goal now to uh, uh, provide training for pet first aid and CPR. Is it, is it easier to teach human first aid and CPR or pet first aid and CPR? Well, you know what? I don't know if easy is the word to use, but I love teaching pet parents because they have more response uh, potential. They're more engaged. Uh, when I worked at the hospital, we used to make a lot of instructors for the American Heart Association. And we would have instructors, you know, instructor candidates come in and, and I would always ask them, I go, do you want to know the secret to being a really good instructor, which I mean, getting good evaluations? And they go, yeah, 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 tell me the secret. What's the secret? And I would go, lean forward, and I'd go, let your class out 15 minutes early. And they would go, <laughs> and you're a great instructor. I'm telling you, that's all it really takes because no one wants to be there. However, when we first started teaching pet CPR and first aid, we taught all the time. We taught on weekends. We taught in the evenings, like from 6 to 10, doing a class. And I kid you not, at 10 o'clock, people are still there and they're talking to us and it's like they would they would help us load our car and you know take all of our mannequin dogs out and everything like that and still talking to us and and then until finally we're like you know shutting the door rolling the window back up we gotta go uh you know uh, <laughs> jay leno's on tonight that's how long ago it was i guess um <laughs> you know we want to catch that show uh but the response is you know people are passionate about their pets and they've been passionate about their health for the last few decades, you know, talking about the baby boomers. And now that the baby boomers, you know, two-legged kids have left the nest, 
they've pretty much been replaced by the four-legged kids. And so they'll do, you know, as I like to say, they will take the time out of their life and the dime out of their pocket to be there to learn how, to be there in a class to learn how to better care for their pet in the event of a medical emergency. You know, that's the truth. And, it, and it's very truth. Uh, it's very truthful also for all pet services and being in a pet services industry for over 30 years, we've seen so many people. I always encourage my, my team members, never involve yourselves in the spending equation. And what I mean by that is never put yourself, you know, we always try to put ourselves in an empathetic role and, and try to see things from the pet parents perspective and such. But one of the mistakes that some people make is putting ourselves in their role as far as finances and such to your, to your point. I've seen folks that pull up in front of our, uh, in front of one of our facilities and, and, and they bring their pet in and it looks like the car that they drove up in is the car that they slept in that night. And they'll come <laughs> in and drop a thousand dollars on dog training or $200 on dog grooming. It's, it's a, it's an alignment of priorities. And I don't know that there's anything more uh, uh, that holds a, a greater priority uh, than the health and well-being of, of our pets. So, so Tom, help, help me help the, our audience clear some things up. So for the Hey Joe listener audience out there, there's a lot of times we kind of couple the, these words, pet first aid and CPR. Are they one thing? Are they two separate things? Uh, how, how do you and, and the team of Pet Tech see that? Sure. I, I like to say they're the same, but different, but not unlike. And what I mean by that is it's the bigger chunk of information. It's about CPR and first aid. And, and this, is, this is a pet peeve that goes back to be, being a human instructor. And that is that um, a lot of programs out there, you know, they like just a CPR course. They, they act like a person can have, C, have a sudden cardiac event like that, hit the ground and not hurt themselves any other way. And you can do CPR and potentially save their life. The thing is, it's, it's all integrated. We teach that it's not a static situation. We teach that just because you show up and the pet has a heartbeat and it's breathing, it doesn't mean it's still going to be breathing or have a heartbeat moments, seconds, or minutes later. So we're constantly reevaluating it. So it, it, it can pop back and forth. And so by just you know, focusing or having your attention directionalized to just one of those two, you're potentially doing a disservice and to, to the whole medical emergency that's going on. Because one of our beliefs is that uh, as far as responding is, we believe that your, pa your pet patients, they tend to get worse. So if you're ready for them to get worse, then you're ready to take better care of them in the event of that medical emergency. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. So really, I mean, first aid could escalate to the need of CPR. So I mean, if, if I think it's that, you know, like you said, it might stair step, it might progress, it might, and it could come out of thin air. You might have to jump right to the CPR portion of it. But, you know, and I think in most pet care services uh, oriented businesses, first aid's probably Fortunately, right? Probably the most often needed. Would you agree with that or am I, am I wrong? Absolutely. That is correct. Yeah. CPR <laughs> is warranted like less than 1% of the time. It's even warranted less than in the human world. Because the human world, you know, we have the, you know, a cholesterol, high blood pressure, bad diet, you know, all those things that lead to that. With our pets, we tend to take better care of our pets, although they do tend to be overweight, um, but they don't tend to have that cardiac event because uh, they, they they just don't as far as their anatomy and physiology goes. So we don't tend to get the CPR. The CPR tends to happen from like sudden blunt force trauma. And if that's involved, then we're probably definitely going to be needing first aid as well, making sure that we stabilize the patient there. So first aid is actually the one that is the most warranted. And so, yeah, I can even address like some of the top situations you come across that you'd want to be trained for. 
Sure. You know, and, 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 and obviously we've got pet services professionals uh, that kind of run the whole spectrum. So we've got uh, uh, dog groomers that listen to our podcast. We've got uh, uh, dog walkers and pet sitters. And, and, and that's what's interesting, too, is the environment of where these pet care professionals might be doing their business or providing services. It might be, and, and, and many of us, we kind of go that knee-jerk mental thought, and we draw that picture of maybe they're surrounded by colleagues, right? So they're in a salon, if they're a groomer, they're in a boarding facility or a, a pet resort if they're doing boarding, or a daycare if they're, if, if they're providing that services. But you know, there's a, there's a real push and a real popularity boom right now of independent pet care providers that are uh, 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 dog walkers that are going to people's homes and, and picking up the pets and taking them for a walk or mobile dog grooming. We did a great podcast with Wagon Tails not too long ago talking about the, the surge of popularity in mobile grooming. So you don't often have the luxury maybe of a, a team approach or a, a, a backup plan or kind of a tag team when it comes to pet first aid and CPR. Right. It, the way we address that is that we say you are your pet's K911. So that those, you know, those independent operators that are out there by themselves, they need to be prepared for those situations, uh, you know, out there because they, they are by themselves. You know, in the old days, it was pretty much your first aid kit was grab your keys and take them to the vet. And, you know, you are your community response team there. So it, it's, you know, one out of four more pets could be saved if just one pet first aid technique was applied. And that's, and we teach over 50 actions for survival in our training. So we cover quite a gambit there. So wow. yeah, they absolutely should be, you know, trained there because those, you know, time is your biggest enemy when it comes to CPR and first aid. So you want to be able to take quick action and you want to feel comfortable and competent and confident in these skills. And the way we train our classes, People do get that. They do feel comfortable, competent, and confident in responding. So let's, so let's talk about that. Let's kind of peel that onion layer back just, so, uh, just a little bit more. When we talk about uh, the competency and the confidence and such, what, when it comes to responsibility, though, so you know, you've got all of these pet uh, care professionals out there who are just doing an awesome job caring for these pets. And if I asked any of them, I bet out of 100, if I asked them what their number one responsibility uh, was, I'm sure that you know, safety is probably going to be up there, but do they know what that really truly means? And so what responsibility do you, uh, Tom and your team at Pet Tech, what, what responsibility do you put uh, on pet care professionals uh, as far as their training goes for pet first aid and CPR actions? Right. And the key word there is, is the care. So if we're pet care professionals, then that implies a carefulness, if you will, because there's the two sides of the coin. Number one, we want them to keep them healthy and well. And the other side of the coin is we want them to be ready, you know, in the event of a medical emergency. But the thing is, is that once you get trained in the training, our training, um, you, you have an awareness, if you will, of the potential dangers. And if you have the perspective or the mindset that these four-legged pets are pretty much just four-legged toddlers, then it makes you understand that the greater danger that our pets have you know, out there, out there in the world. So yeah, they absolutely have responsibility to help them on both sides of that coin, whether it's in health and wellness or it's an in injury and sickness. So I, got a, uh, I, I made a note when you were talking earlier saying that, that uh, your uh, previous 
uh, first aid kit was comprised of 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 what? How did you say keys and 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 taking their pet to the to the veterinarian, taking a pet to the veterinarian? At what time? At what time do you see? Uh, when is a line drawn between uh, uh, being prepared? What do they need to be prepared for? The pet professionals, pet care professionals, need to be uh, prepared for. And when do they seek veterinary attention? Sure, your immediate actions for survival can make all the difference in the world on the long-term outcome, survivability, recuperation, and healing of the, of the pet patient. And the reality is, is that the number one thing that pet parents and pet care professionals come across is choking, choking management. And we actually teach three styles of choking. One is if the pet is conscious and choking. Another one is if you, you see the pet is conscious and then they go unconscious because you didn't get it out or they didn't get it out, right? Mm -hmm. So now the pet is unconscious. We know it's a known fact that they were unconscious because of choking, so that's even more severe. Or you know, in an unknown situation where you come up and we have what's called the primary pet assessment. So that in the first, uh, really in the first 10 to 15 seconds of you being on the scene, you'll know exactly what actions to take and what actions to take to, to help that pet. And so in those first few seconds in that primary pet assessment, you would be able to determine that that pet was unconscious because it was choking and you'd be able to help to remove that object. So using that, just that one as an example, uh, you know, the distance between that pet choking and the animal hospital is probably too long for survivability. So this is where immediate actions are critical in the outcome of the, of the pet. You know, uh, I can tell you from personal uh, firsthand experience uh, how beneficial training is for pet first aid and CPR. Uh, as many of my podcast uh, uh, listener audience knows is that I had the pleasure of working with a very uh, uh, high-end first-class pet resort, uh, small independent chain uh, in the St. Louis area. And, you know, we would have goodness, we would have 150 dogs a day in daycare. And, and you know, we, we could have 650 dogs in our care overnight and, and boarding and such. So, I mean, there was a lot of pets, a lot of pet fur flying through there, but there were also a lot of people. And one of the things that, that uh, to your point, Tom, is that, uh, you know, that, that quick response time, I love that, that you teach from the, the mindset of within 10 or 15 seconds of coming upon whatever it is that you're having to deal with, you, you start recognizing because of your training what needs to be done, or at least identifying what's happening. And, uh, you know, I've seen things from grooming injuries that were minor uh, up to and including some heat challenges. So some uh, challenges as a result of being uh, outside in, in, in group play uh, uh, and uh, overweight Pets have a, a more of a, a struggle, just like people do in, in heat, where the average pet would be fine. So seeing something like that, all the way up into including, we had a catastrophic fire uh, back in the early 90s, and we had 250 dogs in our care that night. And the training that the team had in order not only to, uh, uh, you know, it was combined training between pet first aid and CPR, which some of the pets needed, but also working with the local law enforcement and fire protection to try to get the pets out. So evacuation drills. So, you know, it doesn't necessarily stop with pet first aid and CPR, but it goes bigger than that. But that pet first aid and CPR on that, on that instance level is just so valuable. And I know that we have benefited my, my own, my own person and my own uh, businesses that I've run have benefited by that. So just a real quick reminder to the Hey Joe listener audience out there. We're talking with, uh, we're talking with Tom with Pet Tech, uh, pet first aid and CPR experts. And Tom is sharing some really great information about why it is important for you to consider advanced training for pet first aid and CPR uh, 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 needs in your business. 
and we're going to kind of start talking about the the liabilities and and are there liabilities in providing pet first aid and CPR and and what type of training is needed for you to be able to augment your business and then what do you do next with that training so uh, Tom let's talk about the uh, the liabilities uh, that pet professionals these pet care professionals might feel that they have if they provide immediate care and they do it wrong or they just don't do it correctly what what do you have to say to that group because i'm sure you've been asked that quite a few times yeah that's that's a little bit of a gordian's knot there because it's you kind of think it's one thing and it really tends to be something else um in the human world uh the number one reason the, the, the top reasons that people don't take action is fear of doing something wrong as you just said and then the fear of getting sued uh, because we do live in the USA, which stands for you sue anybody. Uh, so, you know, I, I make the joke, I can sue you for falling asleep in my class. Am I going to win? But, you know, that's the country we live in here, which is a great country. So uh, as far as the liability goes, it's more of a, of a uh, yes, there is a good Samaritan law for people, which means you have a duty to respond to help people. Um, and there is kind of that same duty for, for pets. Um, if you're in the pet field, the pet medical world, veterinary assistant, vet tech, veterinarian. There, there is laws that in every state is different. So I'm going to speak generally here. Um, what I may say here may not apply to the state that some of your listeners are in. So, um, and that is they have a duty to respond. Just the pet parents or even pet care professionals, we have no legal duty. We can walk right up to that pet that is laying there bleeding, step past them and move on. We have no duty to respond. I think what we have is a conscience and a moral duty to be ready and, and to respond. And you know, the, uh, your pet care professionals out there, you know, they're bonded and they're licensed. Well, they should be trained as well. Being trained in, I mean, just knowing the skills and techniques of pet CPR and first aid is really the foundation of every pet emergency plan. And I, I don't want you to chunk up to the big emergency plan. Oh, it's Katrina happening all over again or something like that. I mean, the emergency plan can be, oh, you know, I, I shouldn't admit this being the pet safety guy, but on our first, uh, the, on Oreo, who helped us found our, our company, she had black nails. And I kid you not, one out of every, uh, not one of, just one time, every time I would cut her nails, I would, one would bleed. And it was just, you know, I was always trying to be so careful. And that's not a medical emergency, but it is something that needs to be addressed. And so that it doesn't get worse and doesn't get on the furniture and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, we do have that, that moral obligation. There is no legal requirement that we have to go, you know, and respond to a pet that is down. Well, and you know, what's, what's interesting about what you say there is, is something that I've always tried to remind uh, pet care professionals about is that, you know, we, we see lots of pets go through our facilities every day, every week, every month, every year. I mean, hundreds, thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands uh, that, that pass through our doors. And it's really easy sometimes for us to get kind of caught in the in the current, caught in the day, and start to see them as numbers, and start to just see them as I have twelve dogs on the book today, instead of saying I have Buffy and Fluffy and Mitzi and Bitsy, and start to seeing their personalities. And as much as we all like to probably not admit it, sometimes we do kind of fall into the current, which is, you know, the 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 the, the we, we forget that those are uh, cherished creatures, cherished family members of a, of a person, right? Of, of our pet parents, pet parent clients. And to them, a small situation is an emergency. 
And it, because it's, it's their one pet, we might see hundreds of pets that day, but it's their one pet that they brought into us for care and one pet that they expect to get back in as good or better condition. And uh, so that's a great point you made there, uh, Tom, with just kind of trying to make sure we, we try to keep perspective. Of well, what, one thing, yeah, one thing I like to add about our training is that, and I, you know, I, this is only a, you know, half hour, whatever podcast that I can take a half hour to do my own introduction because <laughs> <laughs> I have a lot of things in the background here. But one thing that I have in my background is I have NLP background and that's neuro-linguistic programming. I also worked with Tony Robbins as well. And after him, I went and got my practitioners, my uh, masters and my trainers in neuro-linguistic programming, which is really how the brain works. You know, the brain's operating system pretty much is our five senses. Um, and so we actually have this embedded into our training and we train with a presentation, demonstration and hands-on skills practice. So, uh, and it's, that is a true trifecta to, you know, long-term learning, long-term retention, and then the ability to take action on that information. Because that's the outcome of all education is to be able to take action and apply it. And so uh, just a, a, a story here is that I can tell you how many times, and it's not a specific story, it's just it happens so many times, like what you're talking about. You see this generalization that tends to occur over and over and over again. And that is people who take our training. Now our card is good for two years. Um, and you know, I wish I had a system where I could just send you a postcard, you know, 23 months after that and say, hey, come take our class again, blah, blah, blah. Um, and the thing is, we have people who have, they took it three years ago, four years ago, and then something happened to their pet and they responded. And then they send us a, a just a glowing, flowing email, or they call us up and tell us. And, they and one of the words that they use is they go, you know, I took the class like three years ago, and they go, and it just came back to me. Now, just is a really interesting psychological word, and it's it's, and I'll get this out uh, quickly for you. And just is a way to hack the brain. And I'll give you an example. You know, you, I'm sure you have someone you know who said, "Oh, my boss just drives me crazy," well, or just pushes my buttons. You know, it doesn't mean that person just all of a sudden that happens. It just it means that your brain has learned when these things start to happen. Um, you know, this is the end outcome, and so. Uh, that, so the brain just jumps. It's a hack, like a video game where you can push A, 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 B, up, down, left, or whatever. And to see the, the, the brain here has, has learned because of our training with presentation, demonstration, hands-on skills practice. They said that they moved right into action and was able to help their pet. And then they're thanking us and all this stuff. And we've had people who like, next time you come to Texas, we want to take you and Cindy to dinner. And because they were in my class that I taught maybe in Austin or somewhere the training. And so, you know, we have a program that works on, on more than just one level, you know, and we do teach by edutainment. So we do teach uh, fun, engaging classes because the truth is studies have shown that the more fun you have learning something, the, the more it lights up your brain, the more that it uses your brain so that you can then access that information later. So, you know, that, that brings up a great question. And for me then is, you know, again, if they're grooming dogs all day, if they're walking dogs all day, if they are feeding dogs all day, heck, if they're just sitting, just playing with dogs or just cuddling with dogs all day, maybe they're a pet parent. We probably have some of my Hey Joe podcast listeners out there that are aspiring pet care professionals. So maybe somebody hasn't even gotten into the industry yet. But So they take your training and they go through it. 
you know, it, it, it's, I, I kind of liken it to, you know, is it like a fire drill when you were a kid and you were in school or I don't know, I went to, I went to a parochial school. So, you know, for some reason we thought it was genius to go and huddle up in a, in, in the corner of the hallway and the tornado was going to ignore us. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, I've but, been there. <laughs> <laughs> but I guess my point though, my question to you is then how do they stay fresh with that? Cause I, obviously the idea is they never have to use this. So it's not like they're practicing it every day or should they have some discipline or routine to practice it every day? Well, that's a really good question because at the end of every one of my trainings and we encourage our instructors to end it in a similar way. Um, and, and that is that uh, we give them number one, we wish that they never have to use anything that they learned in our training. Okay. That would, I make the joke, I hope these last eight hours have been a whole waste of your time. And they're like, huh? You get this like deer in the headlights look. And what I mean by that is that you never have to use the skills. Um, the, the other thing is that we give a homework assignment at the end of the training. And, and I'll nutshell it for you here, but we ask them at the end of today, before you go to bed, take our 40 page pet saver handbook and just go from front to back. And I literally mean do that in 60 to 90 seconds not oh two minutes or whatever like that it's like just a minute plus is all it's going to take you to just go page by page and just look at each page and just trust your other than conscious that you're picking up this information and the the, the psychology behind it is this and that is that number one when you go to bed that night that's when your brain is going to organize and you know catalog the information you learned today we have had people who, like, especially when we do trainings, you know, at, I speak at conferences and train there and stuff like that. And then we'll have a booth and we'll train the first day, the pet saver training. And then the next day they come back in and they go, oh, I dreamt about you last night. And then I'm like, hmm, how am I supposed to take that? And they're like, no, no, I meant I dreamt about the class, right? <laughs> and, and that is because we give them so much information, sensory information. They're, they're, they're learning with their head, their hands, and their heart that people tend to dream very vividly that night. And that just puts it into long-term memory as it just helps to reinforce putting it into long-term memory. So then the homework assignment continued is sometime in the next week, just look through the book again. And then the week after that, look through the book again like that. Sure, if you want to like, oh, hey, maybe you're going to come across bleeding because you're a groomer or something like that, then spend some time and just read that page on, on the bleeding and reinforce it. And then once again, on week three and week four, and studies have shown that if you review that information once a week for the next four weeks, you'll increase your retention of that information by over 500%. So that's a homework assignment that we give to help people. And then we encourage them, you know, to... You know, listen to podcasts like yourself to we you know we have an incredible and phenomenal training and that's just me not me saying it but the thing is we hope our class um, opens the door for you to learn how to better care for your pet on whatever level you need help with caring for that pet yeah i love that that's a great way to stay fresh with it and then just to kind of crack it open every now and then after that just to make sure you're staying fresh with it uh, uh, yeah, that, that, that's a very, very helpful tip. So well, we also say, put the book in your emergency kit or put it in your, yeah. uh, you know, it, in your glove box. And, and, and we do have an app as well, um, where you can review some things on the app while you're waiting in line at the bank or, or waiting in line at the movie theater or the food. <laughs> line is the place right. where you wait in line right. the most. Make it convenient, right? So that if you need to get, it's, it's okay. You don't, there's no shame. 
in forgetting some material, but just make it convenient so that you can get to the material if you need it. So that's, those are all great points. So let me, let me just remind the Hey Joe listener audience out there. We're talking with Tom from Pet Tech and uh, you can also check out all of Pet Tech's information and all of the classes that Tom is talking about by going to pettech.net. Uh, and if you are, uh, if you, if you're not at a place where you can write that down, you can always go to all, you can always go to paragonpetschool.com and find out all of the information on Pet Tech as well. So Tom, when you talk about this type of training, obviously this type of training is so important for the pets and their well-being while they're in our care, but how does it benefit the pet professional, the pet care professional themselves or their business? Okay. Uh, again, that's a, a multi-level kind of a question because uh, the thing is, is if you ever save one of your client's pets, you can't you can't buy marketing like that. You get a client for life uh, because they just appreciate you, you knowing those skills. But it's really about raising the bar of pet care professionalism. Um, you know, if you have two legged kids, then I'm sure that you went and took a pediatric basic life support or, you know, a first aid course when you had kids, you know, infants, kids, and, and a little bit older. I'm sure you took one of those. So it just makes sense, especially if we consider them or have that mind frame that they're a a four-legged toddler that, you know, they're at higher risk of constantly getting in, in danger, regardless of how old they are. And, and that's why training is so important as well. So, um, yeah, that's, that's the direction that we would take with that. So do you, do you recommend, uh, and, and I, I know where you're going to go with this, but I just want to make sure that the Hey Joe listener audience out there understands it's okay to promote that you have this training. It's okay to say, hey, listen, I am uh, and my team or however many people in your facility are trained for uh, this particular skill, just like you might be uh, a trained dog trainer or a trained uh, uh, a professional pet groomer or, or the like. So uh, wouldn't you recommend it's okay to, to kind of boast that, right? Oh, it's absolutely a credential. Uh, it's a credential. It's a convincer to have the person is part of your sales technique. Um, I'll, I want to hit two things real quick here. Number one, if they do go to our website, pettech.net, um, you can get a free profile. And when you go in there, we have badges. So if you're a dog trainer, you can slide a badge up into your profile. So it's a credibility and convincer thing. This, this free profile page that we're going to, that we give you at pettech.net. And then as you take trainings, like if you take a pet tech training, then that actually is put in your, you can't drag that in. Um, that is put in there. Once you complete the class, our instructor just taps a button and your, your badge shows up. It, it appears there. Um, so, so yeah, it's a great credibility convincer. Now, uh, just a, a quick story regarding that as using as a, as a sales or a marketing technique is there was a, a really high end, it was called the golden paw, you know, after the, go, after the, golden spa uh, thing. And it was really high end. They had cameras inside there and we trained all their people um, every year. Uh, our cards are good for two years. And as an instructor or the business, they can make the card valid for only one year. And that's, that's a higher standard even, that's even a higher standard than what we're doing. Okay. So they had the one year and they, they would bring, they told us they would bring the people in and they would, um, you know, show them the, the individual rooms with the cameras and actually put in their marketing materials. When they're in the south of France, they can jump on their phone or the laptop and they can view their pet in, the, in their little cubicle and, you know, and, the stuff. and then they would bring them into the great room where the pets would, uh, you know, play and whatnot. And they had our big banner. And we have a beautiful logo. Please go to pettech.net and just look at our logo. It's, it's gorgeous. We, we love that logo. And so 
they would see that logo and, and the tagline is CPR, first aid and care. And they'd go, are your people trained? And they would confidently say they're trained, they're trained and kept current every year. And the person would kind of go inside and go like this here and then go, it was like an instant closer for them. They would go, oh, so what do I have to do? What's the next step for me to put my pet here? It's just a convincer. I mean, it just makes absolutely sense. I mean, common sense is not always common practice, but when you see a common practice that is common sense like this, you're like, you know, <laughs> 21 <laughs> in Vegas or something like that. It's a winner. Well, we've often said a Paragon School of Pet Grooming, it's, it's that third party endorsement. It's like walking into, a, you know, it's like taking your car into, into a, for, in, in, uh, for an auto repair uh, work. And you walk in and you see that all of the all of the mechanics have their documents hanging on the wall and they're all certified by Bob and it just happens to be Bob's mechanic shop, right? But if now if you walk in and you see that they're all ASC certified, well now there's a this kind of heightened uh, accountability factor and probably a more established and routine and rigorous training that certainly drives credibility. And that's I think what what pet tech brings to uh, pet care service professionals of all sizes, whether you're independent or uh, you have a brick and mortar, even even if you're the uh, you know the the dog walkers out there pounding pavement every day, a patch on your shirt or uh, a, a stamp on your business card or, or or a logo on your website, those are all very important. But you know, so we talk about Tom. So far, the the conversation's been dominated by learning the skills necessary in order to uh, provide even more superior care for pets in our care. However, there's an income uh, uh, quotient to this. Not only does it gain confidence from the pet parents out there, but pet care professionals can also become pet tech instructors. So, so the, the benefit of being an instructor is more than just like an income and, and the credibility thing. It helps you to build your business. I know that we speak to people who are just getting into the pet care profession and they're like, well, I'll become a, a pet saver now and I'll take the instructors later. And I'm like, are you so busy right now that you have enough clients that you're busy all the time? Oh no. Well, the thing is, once you start your business, you're, it's going to be hard to find the time to step away for three days to take our pet tech instructor training because our instructor training is three days and about 40 hours of training. We teach our pet tech instructors more and it's longer than becoming a human CPR and first aid instructor. So the thing is, is that, you know, we have some little presentations that you can do at pet rescue groups, and you'd be amazed how many rescue groups are around you. So if you want to build your business, you do this. Well, it's, it's a marketing program that makes money. That's way, that's the bottom line. Mm -hmm. And I love that. So well, and it does good. It does good for the community because you've got programs, not only for them to teach other pet care professionals, but pet parents. Uh, Absolutely. And you can do fundraisers for groups. So it becomes a win, 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 which means you win, that group wins and the pets win. So the, the thing is when you're, when you become an instructor and you get in front of a group of, you know, uh, a Rottweiler rescue group, which I used to teach for quite a bit, um, I'd get in front of them and, and tell my pet tech instructor, blah, blah, blah. And then also how oh, we're a pet sitter or something like that. And they look at you and they're like, well, then I want you as my pet sitter because you're not just trained in pet CPR and first aid. You took it to the next step. And now you're an instructor for pet CPR and first aid for pet tech. So, and it's just, it's just a great way to reach out. I mean, you can't find a better demographic of a pet parent than someone who will take the time out of their life and the dime out of their pocket to be there to learn how to care for their pet in the event of a medical emergency. So they're going to want a higher quality of care, whether it's grooming or training or acupuncture or massage or whatever niche business you have in the pet care industry. 
it's going to help you to grow that business. It's going to help you to network with groups as well. Those are all great things. So this, this entire podcast session was spent talking to Tom at Pet Tech and the importance not only of why we should consider pet first aid and CPR training, but why we should put it into practice, why we should incorporate it throughout our teams, throughout our business, promote it to our customers, but then also maybe consider even starting to kind of spread that training by becoming an instructor. So Tom has uh, spent a great deal of his day with us today and, and, and uh, so graciously agreed to spend uh, not only uh, his time, but also sharing lots of information with us. But he is also prepared to bring the Hey Joe listener audience a really cool special offer, again, exclusive to the Hey Joe listener audience. Tom, you want to tell us what you're, uh, what you're prepared to offer them? Absolutely, because I truly believe just in the several conversations that I've had with you, Joe, is that, you know, your sphere of influence, your network to pet work of people that you have out there, the Hey Joe listeners, are the kind of person that we want as pet tech instructors to help us with our mission to prevent 1 million pet ER visits, which is one of our missions and goals, as well as improving the quality of pets' lives one pet parent at a time. And what we, And so with that, we want instructors. So we're just excited to offer a $200 discount right off the top of our pet tech instructor training. Um, you can use that discount. We have over 60 classes coming up between now and the end of 2020 with more classes coming online. What we're, regardless of where you're at in the, in the country here, if you are in other countries, just contact the office directly and we can talk to you because we are in eight other countries as well, pet tech. Uh, so we would love to give that $200 discount. Uh, give us a call. Happy to talk to you. Check out our website. And I know that link, you know, Joe, you're giving us a ringing endorsement here as well. So we would love, love to have you join us being a pet tech instructor. Get your free patch is to use the words, Hey Joe patch. So just use the words, Hey Joe patch when registering for the pet tech pet saver program. We also know that being an instructor is not for everybody. You know, it does take a personal power and a passion to, you know, it is a business opportunity to do this. It's also a marketing opportunity for you. It allows you to expand and really get out, like I like to say, you know, you to, you know, network for pet work as we, as we go along here. So maybe just being a, you know, pet saver trained is what's appropriate for you now. And that would be our eight hour training. We cover caring for your senior pedicine, dental care for your pets, as well as the CPR and first aid aspects of it. And we, as I mentioned earlier, we do teach over 50 actions for survival inside of our training. So with that, we just want you to be proud of taking that pet saver training. So we're happy to offer you a, uh, it's our corporate certificate. It's frameable, has our gold seal on it. It's professionally printed. It's a beautiful looking certificate. I, we get that all the time. And you know, you can put that up in your brick and mortar or you can put it in your, um, you know, a lot of pet care professionals have the three ring binder, you know, it's their convincer little sales uh, binder and put that in there because people love to see that you're trained because it just really kind of seals the deal that you are a pet caring professional. And exclusively for the Hey Joe listener audience, you will receive a free patch that will show that you have successfully completed this pet tech pet saver training program that you can proudly wear on your smock or your shirt or any other article of clothing that your clients will see and know that you have this advanced training. So just use the words, Hey Joe patch when registering for the pet tech pet saver program, handle an emergency situation by way of the training they can receive at pet tech. 
And thanks again to our listener audience out there for all of your great questions. Remember, send your questions to heyjoequestions at paragonpetschool.com. And you might just hear your topic discussed with an industry expert in the near future. And please share this podcast with your team members, your friends, your family, whoever you work with, uh, or whoever you associate with in the industry that you think might benefit by listening to it and learning from it. So thank you again, Tom, and thank you to the Hey Joe listener audience.